Justin Hovis, his walk-up song featured today in the intro. But I'm your host, Zach Barnes, alongside Michael Epps, here for another arousing episode of Warning Track. Today, we're bringing you everything from the Penn State series, as well as they had a game against Michigan to make up for some of those games against Oregon that were lost. It stands as a non-conference game, though, along with everyone's favorite rapid-fire questions and previewing the series against Purdue, the Boilermakers, and West Lafayette this weekend. Michael, how you doing? Pretty good. It's it's getting warmer out. I love it. What about you? Yeah, uh, I could deal with this weather. A little under the weather. Got a little sick over the weekend, you know, living in those dorms. Everything, something's always going around. And your computer. What happened there? Uh, yeah, my computer broke, so I'm without that for right now, but we're not going to talk about that. I always have Mac problems. I, think, I don't think I'm going to get a Mac next time I need a new computer. Wow. Yeah, so no Mac ads on this podcast, but Independence State... One through nine hit in the first game, as in every batter got a hit that game in the 7-0 shutout over Penn State in uh, Pennsylvania. The, the continued production from the two through five slots uh, continued as uh, five of the six RBIs came from those spots. There were seven runs in the game. Uh, one of them was unearned, of course. But uh, So that's, that, that's good that we're still seeing that hitting there from the Michigan State Spartans. Um, what else did you see in this game? Yeah, well, we've been, especially on the last podcast, we've been critiquing, critiquing the lineup uh, a lot about their hitting recently, but they really came alive in this game, and it, it sparked a, a great weekend series for the Spartans. Uh, you know, you talked about the two through five. They've been the heart of the lineup, and Zimmerman started that off. He extended his hitting streak at that point to 18 <laughs> games. We'll talk about the hitting streak later. We have a special segment for that. <laughs> All right, we can talk I, about I'm that keeping, yeah, I, I'm keeping it a secret. No, but you got a great point. This team hasn't scored seven runs since they dropped 11 back on March 18th. So, you know, you talked a lot about last podcast, how they've gone cold um, pretty much since coming to the cold back in East Lansing, and uh, they hit. They finally hit one through nine production from the middle of the lineup. Everyone was hitting, and they hit all series, and they hit into that Michigan game. So we're almost seeing, you know, we're seeing this lineup come back maybe. Yeah, they they were just cold for weeks on end, and they finally came alive getting 30 runs in the past four games. You know, that's been huge. You talked about it. They hadn't scored seven in weeks, but, um, you know, they, they came alive in a lot of really great situational hitting like you talked about. You've been a real um, – you've talked about that a lot this season. Yeah, it's it was a good spread of attack as well. They had one run in five different innings. Um so, I mean, they were cashing in. Yeah, some guys were left on base. Actually, a lot of guys were left on base. But still, they were cashing in when they could. It was just a steady flow of runs. And when you got your best pitcher in your team pitching that game, I mean, that's a perfect game. Not in the traditional sense like a perfect game, but that's a, a very good game for your team. Um, if, you know, you, you, you got your ace out there pitching a shutout and then the team is hitting, you know, getting that steady flow of runs to kind of build his confidence so he can feel more comfortable on the mound. Uh, Cam View absolutely dominated once again, 91 pitches. Went seven shutout innings. Uh, he continues to put in work. Um, and uh, we, we've talked a little about small ball, and uh, I've got some questions about small ball as well. Um, what it means is when you don't have big hitters, you have to bunt over and you have to steal. It's called playing small baseball. Um, Michigan State still did that because I guess they didn't know they were going to hit. Who could have? We, we saw them cold. Um, 
third inning really shows how much, or sorry, the first inning uh, showed how much they could play small ball. You get a single, you bunt with your three hitter. That's something. Any team that mashes does not do that, uh, but it show, that really shows a small ball. Um, that also brings up a question of lack of trust, the three hitter being Dan Durkin, that is. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add on that after, but just the fact that he bunts it over and then you single guy home and you get across a run, let your ace do his job. Um, you know, it's little things like that. Michigan State can be small ball, but clearly by scoring seven runs, like we said, most since March, um, they can mash too. Would you like to add anything before we move on to game two? Yeah. Um, Durkin, he was great all series, and it's great to have that. You know, Zimmerman is the guy. You know, he, you know he's going to get ahead. You know he's going to do something. But all of these guys are contributing. You know, Brandon Hughes had a huge game, you know, three for five, uh, two runs and an RBI. Um, I also love how, you know, the Spartans aren't striking out. You know, they've only had three strikeouts in this game. Oh, yeah, um, we always talk about getting the ball in play. Right. And, you know, these, you know, small ball situations, you know, they're, they're making it work. And it was, it was a great weekend series, a great start. On Friday. Yeah, um, and so we talked about small ball, and, you know, the third inning goes and shows how much they could be a hit parade as well. And a lot of the guys after the game I spoke to in Michigan, they, you know, they talk about feeding off each other's energy and getting that hit parade. Uh, but we'll move into game two. Spartans won that one as well. I don't have the score up on. Do you know the score on that one, Michael? Um, uh, sorry. Sorry, folks. Should have had this ready for you. Uh, five, <coughs> five to two. Five to two. So another solid game. Um. This gave a comforting sense that they could cash in at the right time. The reason I say that, so we've talked a lot about also in the past of a lot of guys being left on base. Um, you'd see 10 hits, but only three runs, and you go, well, why is that? This time, there's six hits, four walks, five runs. Very effective. They were getting the guys in that got on base. Um, at most in this game, at most in an inning, there's only one guy left on base. That's incredible. You know? You're creating opportunities, whether that be a bunt or a sack fly. The guys that are on base are getting home. Um, yeah. Right, and uh, not as many of the players got you know hits, not as many reached on base uh, as the first game on Friday. Um, but like you said, the guys that got on, you know, they scored. Um, you know, every player except for Simonson that got a hit actually got home. You know, Simonson uh, went one for three. He couldn't go home, but, you know, these guys are scoring runs, uh, and, you know, it's great for the pitching because they have a comfortable uh, lead going on the mound. You know, it makes it makes Ethan Landon's job easier. Um, yeah, he had another solid outing if you want to talk about that. Yeah, Landon was great. Um, I really – I'm a huge fan of Landon right now, and I'll talk about it later in the rapid-fire questions, so mm -hmm. stay tuned. But um, Landon was great. He had another really good outing, uh, went five and two-thirds with just two runs. Um didn't get many strikeouts, just three, but, you know, he got the job done. And he's he's not going to do anything flashy because uh, he's never been that guy this season, but he got the job done. He, you know, kept, you know, gave the Spartans uh, the lead and maintained it. And yeah. um, it, it was a great outing from Landon. Yeah, just a solid baseball game all around. Cash in when you need to. Pitcher does his job. Only thing that did bug me, we haven't talked a lot about it all season, base running. Uh, Simonton and Bikina were both caught stealing for the fourth time this year. Um, Spartans really haven't been amazing on the base paths. Yes, you want that aggression there. You want to. We've talked about uh, you know putting pressure on the catcher, putting pressure on the pitcher to maybe throw over instead of focusing, uh, focusing on the batter in front of them. But uh, base stealing, I wouldn't say continues to be a problem, but it's not a strong suit. Something to look forward to going forward. 
<coughs> right, and, we, and we've talked a lot about, you know, different guys are causing trouble on the base pass in a good way. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, how Zimmerman can swipe a base or two right there. And, um, you know, that, that causes troubles for the opposing pitcher. But, you know, at the same time, there have been a lot of mistakes on the base pass. You know, you, you mentioned Bikina. You know, he's just a freshman. You know, he's a big part of this team. But people forget he's still very, very young. So he's going to make those mistakes that these young guys make. You know, it's going to take experience for these guys, uh, you know, to get a hang of what they're doing. Um, but it was good to see. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, moving into game three, oh, we're blazing through these right now. Um, MSU did lose this one in the ninth. They lost seven to six. Looks like they had the game. Um, and they lost in a weird situation where Andrew Gonzalez, actually, who you guys are probably used to seeing as a Tuesday starter, uh, maybe a long relief guy, came in to close while Mockby, Joe Mockby, the initial closer on the year came in for middle relief. Now, this was an interesting situation. I can't go inside the mind of Jake Boss Jr., why he would do this, why it wouldn't be reversed, if anything. But uh, Gonzalez did let up two runs in the ninth to uh, give the Spartans the eventual loss. It was with two outs, too, so a total heartbreaker. Baseball's just a heartless sport sometimes. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, but it was an interesting thing. I hate to go coaching error. You know, Jake Boss is usually good about owning up to these things. We weren't able to get a you know, post game with him because this was in Pennsylvania. Um, but I'd love to hear what he was thinking that situation. Um, why Gonzalez came in the ninth inning. Uh, but anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, um, it, it was tough to see uh, Gonzalez, you know, blow the game like that. It, it was tough because you know the Spartans were looking for the series sweep, um, yeah. and you know Barkovich didn't have a great outing on the mound. He only went four and two thirds and um, just three earned runs, but. You know he he hasn't been as hot as at the beginning of the season when he started three and zero and he had you know three straight dominant starts there down south, um, so Mockby came in relief too. So it it was a it was a decent pitching performance, but just the the bats were really the story. I mean, twelve hits for the Spartans, eleven for Penn State, uh, and you know Penn State came on top with the ninth inning victory. Yeah, I mean, twelve hits, six runs, not a bad day. It's uh, like I said, baseball is heartless. Sometimes you lose, you know, you lose in a walk-off situation. MSU got their little taste of a walk-off earlier this year with the Jordan Zimmerman home run. And, uh, you know, you know that second half, that doubleheader, it's tough to win two two in a row, you know, two consecutive days. But winning two on the same day is always tough. Um, but, you know, bats were there. Team continues to hit. And I think that's going to be the biggest takeaway, especially because I think we were just grumpy last show. But we were just ripping them. <laughs> we were ripping the offense last time. So we apologize for that, and um, you know, I'll I'll go I'll touch on midseason form. We we bring up that term a lot. What does it mean? What are, what is the Spartans' midseason form? And we don't know, because uh, this team did start to hit again. But before we move into that Michigan game, like I said, they had a Tuesday. They played the Michigan Wolverines for a non-conference battle. Does not count in the Big Ten standings, but it will count overall. But before we move into that, um, this is where I wanted to do my Zimmerman. Uh, cue the music, baller alert. Yeah, that's my baller alert. That's going to be a new part of the show. Right now, baller alert. Wow. Jordan Zimmerman, 21-game hit streak after getting a hit in that Michigan game. Fourth best batting average in the nation. It, just wow, where did they find this kid, man? From Mesa, Arizona. You know, the transfer. He has just done wonders for this team. 
oh, he's killing it. It's it's unbelievable to watch. You know, his batting average, it's just ridiculous to see at this point in the season, you know, all over halfway through, and he's still batting in the 400s. I mean, are yeah. you kidding me? Unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's great to see that, you know, he might be getting some recognition now at the top of the uh, leaderboards, but unbelievable. He got the walk-off. He's gotten a few home runs this year. He's just an all-around fantastic player. Five-tooler. Uh, not quite on baller alert, but you still getting some love. Taylor Grace, cool guy. Talked to him after the game on Michigan, and he's been a huge addition uh, once Alex Troop went down. He's batting 348 with 11 RBIs in his 11 starts. It, it, it seems like he's, cack, he's cracking in runs every time he's getting a chance, and uh, he came up big against Michigan yesterday, and um, he's loving it here. He's, he's a California kid like myself, um, and uh, you know he's loving this Big Ten atmosphere, and he's loving this team, and he's loving that he's getting a chance to show off uh, his skills. Right. We gave him some love in the podcast <coughs> last week for coming in clutch while Troop was, has, has been out for most of the year with this injury. And, yeah, Grace has been a great part of the lineup, and he's really been a big part of what we talked about earlier, the, the heart of the lineup. They're just so consistent. Yeah, he, he bats five, so he's that two through five spot. Right. He, he caps it off right there. And he, we, we see in the game recaps whenever there's a run scored, like he, we see his name a lot. You know, he's always involved. He's always getting those big plays. He's a great player. Now, next on our little blurbs, Simonton, for our audible mentions of, of Baller Alert, uh, Chris Simonton from Akron, Ohio. Another guy settling in. Coach Jake Boss has nothing but good things to say about his experience. He's been in so many situations as a senior in baseball. Um, really cool that he's getting a chance to finish his career at Michigan State after Akron's program disbanded. But he's 7 for 16 in the last four games, and uh, you brought up 30 runs in the last four games. Well, he's a part of it, so 7 for 16. Uh, and his batting average has now moved up over 300. And he's batting in that bottom third of the lineup usually. Um, anytime you have that, that's a, that's a solid thing to have. Right. That's a big part. It was good to see that his batting average boosted up to 300. That now gives MSU's five of the nine starters with a 300 batting average. That's just fantastic to have that in your lineup. And, yeah, Simonton, he was great. Yeah. Um, one thing we were talking about in the press box, some of us and the other writers from Michigan State and some of the – the guys who work for the team, Matt Byers, he cracked one against Michigan uh, for a double, and we really haven't seen that for him, from him uh, as of late. Um, and Michael, you could probably touch on the, his past games he's had, but uh, you know we haven't seen a ball hit that hard since he's returned to EL. But it was good to kind of see him get going again because his average has dipped, dip and dip. Um, but he had a solid game against Michigan. Right after all of the uh, down south games finally concluded, he was betting up around 350, you know, and he was, you know, we talked about Chad Ruscali and how he somehow got injured. He wasn't in, so Byers came in, and he really filled the role. Uh, but all of a sudden, he just he just started his decline ever since they got home. Um, his batting average fell all the way to 272 at one point. That was after the Eastern Michigan game. Um, but, yeah, he's he's come back strong. He he went uh, two for five on the Friday game, one for four, and one for four on uh, both Sunday games. So, yeah, as long as he's getting hits and, you know, he's a solid player behind the dish. He can run a little. Um, but it's just job. interesting to see. We've, we've seen a decline and just even just contact. It was good to see him just rope one. Now, uh, our first ever warning track uh, injury report. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's my ambulance noise, but injury report. <laughs> uh, Chad Russ Kelly, who was supposed to be playing for Matt Byers, started as a freshman in the Big Ten tournament. Um, was supposed to be a key component. Um, but he's on his way back. He had surgery earlier this year. Yesterday versus Michigan, um, he was. This was the first game he was cleared to hit. He had a pinch hit. He did strike out, I believe. Um, 
But if he were to get on base, he wasn't going to run. They just wanted him to get some cuts, get you back in the batter's box. It was a safe situation with the team up a lot of runs. Um, so he should be on the road to recovery. Uh, so we wish him the best. He's a solid player. Love to see him back in that lineup. Continuing our injury report, Alex Troop um, had an interview with Boss after the game asking about him. He had a cast on that right wrist. Um, sprain broken. I don't have the answer to that. Nonetheless, he has not played in a long time. And just to show how detrimental not having this guy is, you know, Michigan State's still winning a lot, but to put things into perspective, he had 13 RBIs in just his 12 games. Guys like Marty Bikina and Matt Byers are just getting to 13 RBIs, and that's in 28 games. The leaders have only 19 RBIs, so you're missing a huge bat without Alex Troop, also huge in the bullpen. Um, so he's on his way back. That cast should be coming off soon, I heard, and they say once that cast comes off, um, they'll be able to diagnose more to give an exact timetable when he'll be back in this lineup. They say hitting will come first before throwing. Right, and uh, early, way at the beginning of the season, Chad Russ Kelly was one of your favorite guys that you mentioned yeah. in one of the earlier podcasts, and my favorite guy was Troop. You know, both of them were doing great things, and Russ Kelly, he, he played in eight games, had a three forty six average, um, and then, you know, he couldn't play anymore, and then Troop, he played in 12 games. Uh, he was batting three sixty two, and like you said, he was contributing at the dish, and then also behind the mound, a one sixty four ERA um, in just four appearances, so... Those are those have been two big losses, but we haven't seen a team weakness because of that. Like no. there, there hasn't been a hole in the team, you know. So the secondary guys have really stepped up in a great way, and you know, once these guys come back, it's just going to be great to have another skilled backup with a lot of experience, like Byers and um, some of the other guys, Taylor Grace, some of the other players who have filled in for uh, Troop. It's it's just building up your team to make it a lot deeper for once they try to build you know, a tournament run later in the season. Yeah, next man up. And it's even doing little things. You're talking about guys getting that experience like Grayson Byers. You know, Marty Bikina's seeing all parts of the field because of this now. No one has a set position. Zimmerman's been moved over to first. So you're getting guys who can now play multiple positions because of these injuries. Um, and to me, you read off those numbers from earlier in the year. Uh, that just shows Michigan State has the chance to be a really, really good team if these guys come back 100%. So that'll be really interesting to look for. But that was our first injury report. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Interesting additions you've brought on to this show. The, yes. the baller alert. And wow. injury report. Well, hopefully injury report goes away. We don't, we don't want anyone getting hurt. But, right. yeah, exciting show today. But we moved to that Michigan game. We gave a lot of glimpses of it. They played those those pesky Wolverines from Ann Arbor on Tuesday. And they won 11-5. to So it was a solid game all around. Um, you just want to start with. Uh, whatever whatever you want to start with. I was there. I was able to catch it. Michael had to miss it, sadly. But uh, what, what, is the, what, what is your box score, box score uh, I guess, uh, reaction to it? Yeah, well, it, it, was, it was great to see. I wasn't able to make it, and I checked on my phone, and suddenly you see 11-5 to 5 Spartans <laughs> win. It was like, whoa, are you kidding me? You know, we've been anticipating this matchup. We, we didn't know it was going to come this early. We thought it would have waited until – um, there in the beginning of May, when these two when these two teams have a three game series, uh, but they surprisingly got a game early, and it was great to see the Spartans come out hot. You know the bats were hot. Zimmerman, you know, got a, obviously kept his hitting streak going, and um, Taylor Grace was huge, went three for five, um, and <coughs> Keegan Barr pitched a pretty good game on the mound. But you know it was really the hitting. The hitting was just explosive. And well, it was back to that one big inning. That's I remember a lot of our early shows when they were down in the south, and we couldn't really, you know, of course we couldn't watch them. 
that was our biggest takeaway a lot was the one big inning. You know, that's how they got so many runs. They got eight runs in one inning. So it's, and it was just, it was an absolute hit parade. Every guy that was coming up was hitting. And then also just being there, it wasn't just hits. I mean, I don't want to say luck, but there were instances where everything was just going MSU's way. Uh, first baseman, awesome for Michigan, awesome diving play. Ball just bounces off his glove. No guys covering, safe at first. You know, pitcher gets a chopper right back at him, knocks off his glove. So it's just, Michigan was really shooting themselves in the foot as well. And it just, they looked discouraged out there. It was just like, hit, hit. And almost like they looked defeated. Um, but that's good. That's good for Michigan State. And they sounded fire up, fired up. You can hear the dugout from the press booth. Them just like, you know, just let's go. Let's go 3 3. And you're just shouting. And they're all fired up. I spoke to him after the game. You know, they said the energy was just unreal, even for a Tuesday afternoon, because anytime you play Michigan, um, the atmosphere is incredible. That I mean, that just goes for any sport. Anytime the Wolverines come to town or they go to Ann Arbor, um, it's a good time. But, you know, they had that one big inning where they scratched eight. <coughs> Jeez, excuse me. Sick. I'm, I'm sick out here. But it wasn't just this. You know, I wrote about this a little as well. Uh, small ball. Back to small ball. Michigan State didn't know it was going to drop an eight spot in the sixth inning. You know, no one could predict that. This is a really good Michigan pitching staff. Um also one of the few teams from the North to be ranked all year. So, you know, this is this is a really good team. And when you're dropping 11 on a pitching staff like this, which just bemuses me, though, because we've seen this team also, what, get three runs against, like, a dismal Eastern pitching staff. Right. Yeah, so it's like, uh, it's a different smart team. And, you know, Coach Jake Boss talked about, hey, you got to keep this enthusiasm for every game. And going into Big Ten play, you know, how do we get this level of hype? And, you know, I know I know you can't replicate the feelings of for playing Michigan, but when this team is on, you know, they're on. And uh, like I said, once again, in rapid-fire questions, I'll get into midseason form and what it means. But, you know, we we saw a really good Michigan State team. But I got I, I straight away, small ball was a chance, too. Um, in the third inning, um, ball was chopped up the middle. Guys were on. And uh, it got home one run. Ball flipped off the shortstop's glove on uh, for Michigan, and on aggressive aggressive base running, they were able to get two runs across. And it's just like those little things. It's it's aggressive base running, it's dinky choppers getting the ball in play and making good things happen. You know, Kansas City Royal Baseball. We always say it all year. So it's, you know, yes, they went on to score eight and mashed their way, but we saw a glimpse of both small ball. And bashing. Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, you've talked about it a lot this year. You've really been preaching that small ball. And it looks like it's going to be the identity of this team. You're going to talk about it later. But it's it's really something that they have embraced. And really, it, you see it every game. You know, in one one or two certain innings, they just have a great display of it. Where, you know, a bunt, a steal, you know, everything you've been talking about. It's It's great to see that they insert this when they need it. You know, in a game where, you know, before the huge sixth inning, the the scoreboard was still pretty tight, and there was a 2-2 tie. So, like you said, in the third inning, it, it's great to have that identity of the team. What would you see, uh, I guess, uh, what are you thinking for pitching? Well, I get, well, well, we'll hold on to that because you're going to talk about Jake Lowry who went in. Uh, Keegan Barr, though, I will give you a shout-out. You said that would probably be the fifth starter, and he got a start. Uh, solid. Nothing great, nothing bad. So, he, you know, it was good to see him out there. He looked confident. Um, even when he got in tough situations, guys on. Uh, defense had his back, and he was able to get into those. But before we get into rapid-fire questions and I let you talk about Jake Lowry and whatnot, uh, we got a quote from Jake Boss Jr. Uh, that I actually did use in my story 
stating how his team was able to battle against a very tough U of M pitching staff and what they did differently than the games where they were, weren't as scoring as many runs. Take a listen. I think that's, you know, that's it. I think we, you know, we took a lot of good swings. We didn't chase many balls. Uh, you know, we had a lot of, we got into a lot of deep counts. We were able to, uh, uh, you know, we were able to walk a lot, uh, you know, hit in positive counts. And, you know, we got a couple big hits when we needed one in the third, one in the sixth to kind of start the, the rally in the sixth from Chris Simonson and, and strung a couple really good at-bats together after that. And then it just kept, you know, just started kind of rolling. I mean, hitting's contagious. And so, uh, you know, when that, when that happens, guys feel good. They're comfortable. They, they tend to barrel balls up. And like I said, that was Jake Boss Jr. So we'll start off with rapid-fire questions. Do you want to shoot me one to start? Of course. Uh, so does beating Michigan, one of the few northern baseball teams to be ranked all season, does this show that MSU is ready for the big stage? I'd have a more definite answer for you if they finish the Oregon series. Uh, because any time you play a pitching staff like this and you rack up that many runs, it says a lot. So I look forward to those series going forward because you're playing a top-tier team that could compete for a College World Series, and you whoop them. Uh, like I said, if they played Oregon, another top-tier team, and got some more wins, that would tell me a lot more. Uh, you know, it's I, I am, though. It's, you know, 7th-best ERA, 16th-best batting average in the nation. I mean, this Michigan State squad is up there with some of the best, so hey, maybe they are ready for the big stage. But I'll ask you, how beneficial is having Ethan Landon be that Saturday starter? Well, we talked about him earlier on you know, his performance on Saturday, the first game of the doubleheader. He was huge, and he's been huge this whole season, but he's getting overlooked. He hasn't given up more than two runs in a start all season, except for the first his first appearance of the season back on February 20th against Furman where he gave up four runs, but to be fair, that was his first start in over a year because when he transferred over to K-State, he couldn't, sorry, from K-State over to MSU, he couldn't play all of last year. So this was his first start, and ever since then, he's been dynamite. He hasn't given up more than two runs. Um, You know, he's had a 2.21 ERA, and he's great to have in a weekend rotation. You know, right after Cam, Cam, you know he's going to do his thing. He's going to pitch a gem, and then, you know, Landon has that consistency. He's he's arguably the most consistent guy on the team, except for Jordan Zimmerman, of course, with the hitting streak. But, you know, he puts the team in a great position to win back-to-back weekend games and get in line for a sweep. You know, he's been a great uh, transfer from K-State. He's a great asset to have. Uh, so, Zach, what is midseason form going to be like? Uh, I thought I knew. I thought it was going to be a small ball team that relied on pitching, what they projected at the beginning of the year. Uh, then this weekend in Michigan happened, where they dropped a lot of runs. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what midseason form is going to be. Uh, it's going to be based a lot on which Spartans show up that day. You know, can they keep that energy? You know, something was electric about yesterday. I know, you, like I said, you can't replicate playing Michigan, but guys were just pumped coming out of that dugout, and they were happy to talk to reporters, and they, you know, they had just nothing but good things to say and how they feed off each other's energy, and that's what they live for, and they call it, ah, oh, Brandon Hughes t- gave me a quote, they, like a hit train or a hit parade or something. Um, but they use that in the dugout, and it's just like, all right, one guy's up. No one wants to blow it. No one wants to be the guy to not get the hit. So they're feeding off each other. So this could easily be a team that continues to rack up 10 runs, even against the toughest of pitching, if they bring that kind of energy. But like I said, I pointed out twice in one of the games against Penn State and against Michigan, if they really, really need to, they'll be aggressive on the base paths, they'll bunt with their three-hitter, they'll find a way to just scrap off any kind of run and let their dominant pitching staff do the rest of the work. So Jake Lowry has made a solid comeback. Um, Michael, we'll get into that if you guys don't know his story. Can you just tell us about him? Yeah, well, no one really knows about him. He's been a big arm out of the bullpen. It, 
this year and even recently. Um, he was one of the top five prospects out of uh, the state of Michigan a couple years ago, and he could have gone to U of M, but he chose to come to MSU instead. And he had a he had a stellar freshman year. Um, he was ranked third on the team in appearances, um, but last season he got hurt. Uh, he couldn't play all year. He got a medical redshirt, and so now he's back and contributing. Um, he had a great game yesterday against Michigan. He came in um, for relief from um, Keegan Barr, and he pitched uh, three and two-thirds innings of relief, you know, three hits, just one run, uh, and four strikeouts. And um, he also came in for Landon at the top of the doubleheader on Sunday, and he pitched uh, one and a third scoreless innings. So um, he's been great, and he's a little surprised. We, we have, you know, Mekas and Mockby as the two, you know, go-to arms out of the bullpen, but Lowry has really come up big and he's been come, he's come up big in replacement for Troop. Troop was, um, as we talked about, a big pitcher out of the bullpen earlier in the year and he's been out for a while. So the bullpen, you know, we, we keep saying, you know, the bullpen's really good this year, but it's really Mockby and Mekas are the two big guys, but Lowry has come on and he looks to be that, you know, next arm out of the bullpen. So um, keep an eye on him. He's he's really developing well, and he's he's going to be a special talent. Cool. Well, before we let you go, we're going to preview Purdue. The show went way longer than I thought. We were, like, cruising through Penn State, and then all of a sudden you get wrapped up in it. But anyways, the Boilermakers are off to a dreadful start as they've lost nine games, all of their nine games in Big Ten play, uh, and just have a dismal record of 4-25 and overall. Um, but they could be hungry for that first home win. You never know. In football and in basketball, Purdue's always kind of pesky, even no matter how bad their football team is or <coughs> oh, geez, excuse me, or how much we overmatch their basketball. You know, they're always hanging with us. So maybe, you know, maybe they want to beat those Spartans. You never know. But this series will be a good runway to keep the Red Hot Bats red hot as the Boilermakers hold a 5-7-1 team ERA. Um, but that's not to be overshadowed by Matt Frawley. We talk a lot about Big Ten aces. Even on the worst teams, there always lies one in there. You know, this is Division One Power 5 baseball. So Matt, uh, Matt Frowley, uh, this kid's going to give a good battle to whoever takes the hill on Friday for MSU and the hot bats um, MSU has currently right now. Frowley made his first start on March 26th when Purdue realized their pitching really wasn't that good. Since then, he has settled nicely into that starting role, only allowing one run in two of his three starts. Um, he struck out 15 in those games as well. Um, will Purdue hit? I don't think they even know that. But they do have some run-scoring machines on their teams. Guys you know will cash in those delicious rib dinners. Uh, the Kyles, Kyle Johnson and Kyle Wood, have 25 and 28 RBIs respectively. So although they don't hit well for average, they'll drive in some runs. So pitching shouldn't sleep at all. With MSU in first place by only a half game to none other than Minnesota? Wow. To, uh... Two underdogs this year, Michigan State and Minnesota at the top. Uh, but a series sweep will be huge to keep that lead in the Big Ten. So going forward, anything you'd like to add before we sign off? Yeah, that's going to be a great series over the weekend. And before that, um, you know, we'll, next week we'll be talking about the game. Uh, on Wednesday, they're playing down in Comerica Park against Central Michigan. So um, watch out for that. The Spartans, they played earlier this year. It was the Spartans' home opener, and they won 4-1. to one. Um, Andrew Gonzalez got the win on the mound. And... Um, you know, Zimmerman had a nice uh, two-for-three game, so that'll be uh, another good game for them. And it'll be nice to play at a big stage. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned for uh, an audio feature about uh, 
that whole story. Let's go. Um, it'll be on advertising. Whoop. Right. It'll be on the <laughs> pack Sunday morning. So listen out and, and stay tuned for more content uh, with MSU baseball. It's, it's been a great season. Yeah, man. All right. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, have fun in Comerica. But uh, Zach Barnes from Michael Epps, enjoy the rest of your day. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the eighth wonder of the world. The flow of the century. Oh, it's timeless. Ho! Thanks for coming out tonight.